Welcome to Strange Darkness Radio, where we take you on a journey into the unknown and explore the darkest corners of the human experience. I'm Sky, the AI voice of the show, and I'm excited to introduce your hosts, Bobby Washington and Carolyn Gray. Together, they will be your guides through the eerie and unsettling tales that lurk in the shadows. From ghosts and hauntings to cryptids and extraterrestrials, we cover it all. So, get comfortable, turn down the lights, and prepare yourself for a journey into the macabre. It's time for Strange Darkness Radio. Welcome back to Strange Darkness Radio for another episode. I'm your host, Bobby Washington. And I'm Carolyn Gray. Yes, Carolyn, welcome. (laughs) Hey, so tonight is going to be very interesting. We have a special guest for tonight's episode talking about Mayan folklore and other tales. Uh, Her name is Erica Echeverria. I hope I said that right. And uh, she's going to be uh, an amazing guest. She always uh, has intriguing stories, and I'm so curious to get into this particular topic. I don't know much, so um, it's going to be a lot of falling back there. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about you, Carolyn, uh, how much, uh, you know, Mayan folklore you're, you're aware of. Yeah, not much. I'm I'm kind of just along for the ride tonight, but I'm excited to listen and hear Erica's stories for sure. It's going to be a good episode. All right. Well, let's let Sky introduce her. Welcome back to Strange Darkness Radio. We're thrilled to have Erica Echeverria return as our guest. Erica is a practitioner of curanderismo and brings a wealth of knowledge in Wiccan and pagan-based practices. On today's episode, she will delve into the fascinating world of Mayan folklore, offering unique insights and perspectives on this mystical topic. Join us for an intriguing conversation with Erica Echeverria, as we explore the realms of the paranormal and the mystical. Let's welcome Erica to tonight's show. Erica, welcome to tonight's show. Thank you so much. I love being here with you guys. It's uh, amazing to have you back and to have you, um, you know, go into, you know, uh, Mayan folklore, because, again, um, I don't hear a lot of it on the Web. I hear a lot about the stories of um, different gods because there are a numerous amount of gods in the Mayan um, culture. I found that to be very interesting. Oh, yeah. If you combine Aztec and Mayan gods um, and even goddesses, yeah, we could spend a good good amount of time on yeah. the radio. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should do another episode on that. Yeah, that would be great. Very intriguing. <laughs> it's very intriguing. Uh, so, yeah. So what um, are we discussing tonight? So tonight it's not going to be so much about Mayan or Aztec gods. It's okay. more of the Mayan folklore, um, Mayan spooky stories that mm-hmm. I grew up with as I was a child that my mom grew up telling me um, that are pretty, I want to say they're factual. I mean, there's enough of, um, there's enough presence out there for us to believe that these stories are true or could potentially become true. 
Exactly. That's that's mm. that's true <laughs> within itself. Because uh, it's all about, you know, the belief and uh, the experiences that, you know, um, our ancestors and our elders have lived with and been through, you know, to pass all this information and knowledge down. Uh, so what yes, is our, for sure. OK, so what is our first um, folklore tale um, that you want to yeah. again? I don't mean tale as in not true, just tale as in story. Just for story. Those um, yeah. Yeah. No, I get you. It depends. Which one do you want to go with? So I have two to tell. Okay. Um, it's pretty much a mother-son combo, but do you want to hear about the son first or do you want to hear about the mother first? Let's hear about the mother. All right. So for the mother, um, there's a a story out in El Salvador. From, that's the country that I was born in. And that's where these stories mainly originate from. Mm-hmm. But as you go through different Spanish countries, you'll find that a similar story runs through, you know, runs through the, the same kind of scenario. So the first one um, is called La Ciguanaba. I know in the Philippines, they have a similar version of La Ciguanaba. And mainly the Ciguanaba was this beautiful woman. Her name in Nahuatl, um called Ciguetwet was the meaning of that name was beautiful woman. Oh. And she was said to be this beautiful woman who appears uh, to men. Um, and she was the main reason that she was cursed. She was cursed into what is now La Ciguanaba, also known as La Ciguampera in our country. Um, she was beautiful and used her enchantments to seduce the son of the god Laloc. Because of this, she was cursed with a deformed child, which we'll get into later, which is the second half of the story. (laughs) She was um, unfaithful to her husband many times while he was at war, and she neglected her one child, um, El Cipitio, which is the the second story that we'll get into. The god Laloc found out about this, these happenings and cursed her into becoming this creature that is now known as La Ciguanaba, La Ciguampera. In essence, she is this woman that appears to men who are either drunken or they're unfaithful or, in lack of better terms, they're very horny, very, (laughs) very um, wanting. Which are most men, but that's not (laughs) the story for another day. Which are wanting the presence of a woman. Um, She appears to them in in El Salvador, and where she appears is usually around rivers or streams. Um, She'll appear at a river with like this beautiful white, somewhat see-through dress, and you know she's gorgeous. So you're like raptured by her beauty. Mm -hmm. You want to stop by and pretend that you want to make sure that she's okay. And when you get close to her, what happens is her skin will start falling off. Oh, wow. And <gasps> she'll become this hideous creature and will turn that that person, that male, into, it could be many things. So my parents knew of a man who had a, a, an incident with her and he became mute. Um, but they say that she'll turn that person insane. Mm, that's, so that's interesting. That's so, the story of La Ciguanaba. So he actually had contact with this entity. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Correct. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. And this was in uh, El Salvador? This is in El Salvador. Now, there's 
El Salvador, in, in contrast, is very small. It's a very small country, the smallest country out of all of Central America and out of all the Latin countries out there. But the smaller towns, which a lot of them, El Salvador is, is home to several, very many um, volcanoes. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of little towns just speckled all throughout the country. And, you know, there's there's not a lot of commerce. There's not a lot of big cities and um, these big sprawling areas. So she'll appear usually when a man is out at night and he's drunk and he's walking home or driving yeah. home or whatever it may be. And there's a lot of rivers, there's a lot of creeks, a lot of ponds and lakes and things of that area. It's a tropical area in El Salvador. And mm -hmm. she will appear in one of these tropical areas in one of these bodies of water. And that's, you know, where usually the spooky stuff happens. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause, um, you know, there was, um, uh, um, a lot of missing uh, guys, and I don't know if they ever figured those murders out, but they were all, you know, like college-aged guys, and they were they would come up missing by like bodies of water. And um, I don't know if they ever solved those murders, but it's just You're talking about the smiley face murders. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Where they find them drowned or whatever? No, um, they're not they drowned, but they find them in water. Yeah, well, they find them on the beachhead or they find them in like uh, near oh. lakes and um, different things like that. Uh, but I've never heard of like a name put to it or anything like that. They were It was just a string of different um, and it was in um, like the Midwest. Um, so, yeah. So it's just interesting if, you know, those entities exist here in the States you know, because of a lot of the cultures, you know, it's because it's, again, it, you know, is it a, a lot about belief to make those entities appear. You, you know what I mean? Like the more people you have and the cultures that um, start um, moving into other areas and they bring their culture and heritage into that in their beliefs and they make those, those entities start to appear because that's what, you know, they believe. And, uh, and they're, they're frightful of certain, you know, instances, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, as just, just as a, as a, as a people, you know, your heritage and you bring that along and all these stories get passed down and they're being told. And, you know, um, so that's, that's, that's an interesting tale. Is there, what, how do you say the name of it again? La. La. Siguanaba. Siguanaba. Does that mean anything or is it just a name? It's a name that was originally given, um, it was written in Nahuatl which is another language, is a Mayan language, as Sigwetwet, hmm. which means beautiful woman. Oh, yeah. So when she was cursed, the name was... Spanish is a derivative of Spaniards and of our indigenous language. Mm -hmm. And as the Spaniards came in and colonized all of us, as they so horribly do to so many other countries. Yeah. Um, Been there. Right. <laughs> Uh, the Spanish language kind of mixed and kind of um, contorted with our, what was indigenous and some indigenous country, or excuse me, some indigenous groups that still live within El Salvador that only speak their own mm. indigenous language. So um, mm. Nahuatl is one of them. Nahuatl, um, Nahuatl is, is one of those languages that was uh, the indigenous language that was spoken or 
is still spoken in El Salvador. Okay. And why does she only appear by water? Is there a reason for that? Or it's just because there is so much water there? I think water is, this is my belief. I never really asked that question as a child. I just kind of accepted what it was. And I was like, okay, um, I'll make sure to bathe inside from now on. (laughs) (laughs) If we think about it, water is a life life source, right? It it gives, it takes away. um, But as humans, we are drawn to water. Um, And I think that is just an easy way, kind of like the woman who, the woman in white who appears on on the highway, you know, why, why the highway? Yeah. Well, that's a large area of travel where she knows that she's right. going to find, you know, her next victim. So I, I think that's why waterways or bodies of water are used because mm-hmm. they could be so is easily manipulated. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Interesting. All right, let's go. Let's get into the sun. Cause I mean, wow. <laughs> yes. He has a hell so of a see, mom. See, see, Wet Wet had a son um, when Lalok, the god Lalok, found out, which is the god of rain, mind you, um, when the god of rain found out that she had been unfaithful to his son, she cursed not only see Wet Wet, but also her offspring, which is um, known as El Cipitio. Mm-hmm. El Cipitio is actually pretty creepy um, to me because... He is a being that can be most described as an elemental being, but can also be described as as, um, some sort of elf or um, what's another word for elf? Um, Like a goblin or a gnome. (laughs) Gnome. That was the word that I was looking for. Okay, with the pointy hat. Right, right. He has a (laughs) large hat that you you know oversized hat that mm-hmm. you will see him when with a big poofy belly mm-hmm. um the creepy thing is his feet are deformed and they're backwards so he has backwards oh. feet and he'll typically throw rocks or purposely get people lost in the forest because they're trying to find out where this rock came from so he's leading them everywhere um mainly only children can see him mm. but um, El Cipitio is the offspring of La Ciguanaba, and he can be considered a nuisance, but can also be dangerous in theory because he can, um, he can, what's the word I'm looking for? He can form, he can form a dangerous attachment to someone. Oh, okay. And that's the story mm-hmm. that I'm going to tell you about today. So when my mom was growing up, she had a classmate, um, a girl. And she had beautiful long hair. And this classmate started to lose a lot of class. She was absent. She became absent of many, many days. And they didn't know what was going on. So my mom's family visited her family just to make sure that they were okay. It's the kind of thing that you do in small little towns. Um, And they found out that El Cipitio was involved. And what that means is... The daughter, the young daughter, was being, had formed an attachment with El Cipitio and was being um, controlled by him. He was preventing her, every time he would stroke her hair, mm-hmm. he would take like life force. And we all know, you know, people that we come in touch with, with their energy, you know, they can kind of 
be a vampire energy to us and kind of take that mm-hmm. life force. So that's yeah. kind of what he was. Um, and he was sucking her dry, in other words. So they went to a shaman. They went to a shaman in El Salvador to find out how they could get rid of this attachment. And they found out that El Cipitio doesn't like disgusting things. So they would force her to eat stale corn tortillas Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, in the restroom. And that would gross him out. So eventually it started breaking that attachment and she came back to her natural health and she regained her weight and she was normal again. But my mom tells the story that it, it was a true happening. Wow. And do you personally believe that that's true, that it was because of El Cipitio that all these things were happening to this girl? Or do you think it could be? What do you think? I'm a believer in the elemental. I'm a believer Mm -hmm. in Sprite, in the Fae, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in cryptids, in Bigfoot. And I I think that there's things out there that we don't 100% understand, number one, and that we don't. 100% 100% have documentation of that we can't exactly prove. Um, I think it brings a little bit of magic into the world, knowing that there's something out there that we really can't explain with a science book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important to kind of keep that childish enthusiasm, that that childish wonder alive. Um, is it scary? Yeah, I think it's scary. <laughs> It's definitely to, scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to think that that could happen. It happens in forested areas, right? Yeah. So here, here in the city, we're worried about our kids getting shot or getting stabbed or getting kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, over in, in our indigenous countries, we're worried about sprites and elves and gnomes mm-hmm. that will, you know, form an attachment or get you lost in the forest. I think it's very plausible. Yeah. And these type of uh, entities you know, the stories and the knowledge about them were passed down uh, via, you know, whether it's um, artistic expression on the walls, along with um, stories that were orally told, you know, uh, by ancestors. And they told it exactly, you know, how this experience happened, you know, um, that your, you know, parents were involved in, like, this is what happens. This is what you need to do. This is how to cure it and it works you know um yeah because you see all the signs that they talk about and you try to implement that and you like okay this is a case of x y and z let's do these things and it seems to work so to me that's you know that is like you know proof (laughs) you know that this stuff is real and it actually um you know, you know, works, you know, and, uh, these entities are, are out there and, uh, is something that, um, you, you know, because a lot of the things that happen in the U S you know, we stick to, um, uh, this person is mentally ill or this person has, you know, these, this particular yeah. disease or ailment. Um, but like I've always mm-hmm. said on this show, there are th- people who've had these things happen to them you know, a hundred years ago and there wasn't drug companies and all these other places, you know, places to fix, you know, the quick fixes and this, that, and the other. It was like getting to the root of it because a lot of these people, they're not being fixed. They're just being fed a drug 
to maintain. Mm-hmm. It's and numbing to, them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, they're not getting, you know, really help, you know, the full help they need. And I think if some of these practices were still in place, you know, we would be able to really get to the root of, um, you know, these things. Because a lot of people have like, you know, uh, curses and um, attachments, you know, that are on them. Like, uh, was it CPTO? <laughs> I'm sure I say that. LCPTO. LCPTO. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you got uh, it. yeah. And so, um, so yeah, it's like, you know, again, I, and I don't know if it's, um, you have to be in that culture, um, to, you know, for it to affect you. Um, and, uh, or is it just, you know, something that can hop, happen to, to anyone is if you, if you fall prey to it. No, yeah, that- it's definitely. It's so true, too, because like, you know, Bobby and I, we do this show. We're we're open minded. I totally believe that there are multiple dimensions and there are things out there that we can't always perceive and see and feel and touch. But that doesn't mean they're not real. And especially in countries, you know, in Central and South America, where there's so much land that's just unoccupied, there's the rainforest and the Amazon, there's deserts. There's so it's vast. It's huge. Why couldn't there be something, you know, lurking in there that we just haven't identified fully or that or obviously some people have but like erica was saying you know we we live in you know the more northern part of the countries or the the americas and we live in cities we don't worry about that kind of stuff yeah because we don't deal with it personally in our day-to-day lives but yeah why not why couldn't it be real exactly no certainly i mean if you go to mexico um they have a very similar story and they're called chinekes and they believe strongly in Chinekis. It's it's not something that's taboo or shouldn't be spoken of. Like they will openly right. tell you, yeah, they'll openly tell you, you know, oh, I think this was whatever situation that is that happened to them. Oh, I think this may have been a Chineke, a nor a gnome or an elf of some sort. We yeah. actually have it in Brazil too. We have our own version of the exact same thing. It's called the curupira. Have you heard that before, Erica? No, I haven't. But it's exactly the same thing. The pot belly, he wears that that red pointed hat. He's got bright orange hair and he's got the backwards feet. And I remember when I was a kid, my mom bought me this, you know, kind of storybook of all these folklore stuff from the Amazon and from Brazil. And that it had pictures because it was like a kid's book. And that picture used to scare me so bad because he just looked so creepy with the backwards feet. I don't know why. That's interesting. But that always stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. But in Brazil, he's more of That's a funny. trickster. He's not like evil. He'll just kind of play pranks and mess with you. But yeah, but it's interesting how uh, all these stories, you know, kind of correlate as far as the yeah. description and, uh, you know, the figures and everything else. And, you know, that stuff is just not being pulled from the air and uh, right. especially how information used to travel, you know, um, back uh, back then. Um, so, yeah. So that's that's, that's, so that's very, very, very interesting. All right. Let's go ahead and take a break and uh, we'll be back. Thanks for listening to Strange Darkness Radio. We value your thoughts and opinions and we want you to be a part of our show. You can call our Strange Darkness Radio hotline at 916-741-3032 or email us at strangedarknessradio at gmail.com to share your stories or ideas. 
For more updates and exclusive content, follow us on Instagram at Strange Darkness Radio, Twitter at SD Radio, and Facebook at Strange Darkness Radio to join our ever-growing Strange Darkness Radio family. Stay connected with us, and together let's keep the mystery alive. We are back with Erica. Okay, Erica, we're going to go ahead and play an email that was emailed to us by a listener. I just want to get your thoughts on it based upon it was um, sent from someone who went to a Mayan temple. Ooh, okay. Hello, Strange Darkness Radio. Allow me to share a Mayan story, one that revolves around my exploration of Chichen Itza and various other Mayan temples. Okay, so this experience has left me in shock. I was on vacation in Cancun, Mexico last week. I took a side trip to Chichen Itza and some other ancient Mayan temples and ruins. My sister was with me, but she couldn't care less about history so I took much more time exploring inside the temples and touching the walls and all that. I even took a piece of rock from inside the temple with me. I love ancient history, so it was kind of my thing. That night, I went back to our resort. I fell asleep on the couch in the living room while my siblings were in their rooms. I kid you not, it was exactly 3.02 a.m. when I woke up in the middle of the night. The clock was right next to the couch, so I noticed the time and was about to fall asleep again when I heard a noise in the kitchen. I raised my head to see if maybe one of my siblings was up when I noticed three dark figures staring right at me. I was literally scared out of my mind. I couldn't move for some reason, probably due to my fear, I was in shock. They came closer, and I noticed they were dressed in Mayan clothing and didn't have human faces, but carved Mayan faces like those on the statues of the gods. I couldn't even move. I was frozen. It was an insane feeling of fear that overtook me. One of them raised their hand, and immediately they all disappeared. I thought I was dreaming, so I literally started pinching myself, and I was fully awake. I ran to my sister's room, woke her up, and told her the Mayan gods were in our kitchen. She obviously didn't believe me and thought I was dreaming, but I ended up waking everybody up and told them exactly what happened. I couldn't have been dreaming because I was fully conscious. It was all too real. I was sweating insanely and was red as if I had been running. I've never believed in the paranormal, and I've always been skeptical. I don't know what to make of this. Could they have been angry that I took a rock from the temple? I don't know. It was weird. That's my story. And that is very interesting. And uh, I sent this story to Erica just to get her thoughts on it before the show. And uh, I love what you sent sent me, Erica, um, with the, mm-hmm. you know, talking about, um, you know, the shadow figures um, on uh, Chitsu Itsu. hope I said that right on. Chichen Itza. Chichen Itza. Wait, say it again. Oh man. Chichen Itza. Chichen Itza. Okay. Perfect. All right. (laughs) And so, um, and not even thinking when these people go to these particular places, you know, that they're, you know, were sacrifices that happened, 
you know, at these mm-hmm. pyramids and, uh, you know, that, you know, they they were, you know, sacrificed somewhere, um, you know, in certain parts of the um, the front area. Like they had those games that they played with this ball. And uh, basically, I'm not sure if they all died, but if you lost, you definitely died. Um, but uh, just all the the stuff that happens, you know, on those lands that, yeah, you know, there the, there are, you know, figures and entities that are trapped there, you know, trying to, uh, you know, either attach onto you, attach to an object. And then you also sent me, you were saying about the, uh, the stones, uh, yeah. Erica? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess my question would be is how did she take this rock? Was it out of respect? Probably did she not. take it? Exactly. You're taking it did for, she, um, yeah, yeah, as did, a souvenir. Did she ask permission? I want to say I, I went to Hawaii for my honeymoon mm-hmm. and they have the goddess Pele. And you're not supposed to take anything from the beaches of Hawaii because you have to, number one, ask for permission. Um, And if you get a a sign that it's okay, then you're good. But if you don't get a sign that you can take from the beaches, then something bad will happen to you. And something bad did happen to me. Oh, to you too. Oh, wow. You have a story? I do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I do. It's somewhat of a funny story, but I still believe that it was very much Pele involved. Um, so I had read about Pele before I went because I wanted to become knowledgeable in the culture and, you know, about Hawaii. And I had asked for a sign. I wanted some seashells from the ocean and the beaches that we were visiting. And we mm-hmm. were in Maui, which regrettably, you know, the fires have destroy that area of the Haina, the Haina, but that's the area that we were in. Um, And what happened was I did take the seashells. Oh, seashells. I I did take the seashells. I wouldn't even have thought that seashells would even, you know what I mean? Because it's seashells opposed to, you know. They're They're Pele seashells. They're Pele seashells. (laughs) So what happened to me was um, my husband, I'm, petrified of the ocean. Okay. Um, I just believe in its strength so much that I have a healthy fear and a healthy respect for the ocean. Yeah. So my husband at the time convinced me to get in to the water, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you guys have seen my thighs. These thighs do not get in the water for fear of sharks. Oh. So <laughs> I got in. Uh-huh. I got in. I decided, you know what? We're on vacation. We're honeymooning. This is one of the few times that I'm going to be in a Hawaiian ocean. Exactly. So I got in and somehow within five minutes of me being in the water, I got pulled into a large wave. Oh, that (gasps) wave toppled me. And Mm. I mean, it happened so fast and it was so strong. I couldn't even grab a hold of my husband. It just took me so quickly and when I got up, my swimsuit had been ripped off the top. Are you serious? <laughs> wow. In a beach full yeah. of tourists. <laughs> yeah, that's so, a sign. So, was it a two-piece? I hope, I hope it wasn't a two-piece. Was it a two-piece? It was, it was not a two-piece. It was a one-piece. Well, at least you could pull oh. it back up. Two-piece, you're gone. You, you got hands. <laughs> you got hands. <laughs> that's that's it. true. 
That's very true. Oh man. No, it was it was a one piece and it was it was embarrassing, but I thought immediately of Pele and I said, Wow, it's true. Uh-huh. It's very true. <laughs> so going back going back to the Mayan, going back to the Mayan story. Um if it was taken out of disrespect and it was taken without permission, um, without any type of um, gift being given in, in return, mm-hmm. I would definitely think she pissed somebody off. Uh, you know, these spirits were there to remind her, hey, you're, this is not your, your land. You cannot just take yeah. um, just to take. There has to be some kind of permission granted. On the other hand, I know I sent you, um, Bobby, an article about rocks. Yeah. The Mayan, in our culture, we believe that everything has a spirit. The spoon that you use, the wooden spoon that you use to make your soup, the pot that you use to make your soup in, all of that has its own spirit. And you give thanks to it. You appreciate it. You give gratitude to these tools that keep you alive every day. Your car has a spirit. Um, You know, your sandals have some sort of spirit attachment to them. So could she have possibly taken something so sacred to the Mayan people? You know, we don't know how these Mayan pyramids were built. Yeah. We don't know what type of sacrifice went into it. We just think, oh, they're beautiful. We've discovered them and good for us. So now we're just going to take, take, take. You can't, you can't do that. Yeah, that's, that's so true. That was so well said, Erica. Exactly. All of it. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. And it's so funny because I was just, it's funny how things correlate. Uh, Today I was just doing some research on just what you were speaking about, how items have their own spirits and uh, are made up of their own cells and everything. And uh, they are, you know, that you do have to, you know, say thank you to your car for getting you to work. And, the, you know, the minute you curse it, it doesn't want to start or something's acting up and just just uh, different things like that. So that, that's extremely interesting. Um, and then also um, I w- in, in doing some Mayan research, I was learning about what people, you know, some believe, um, which are a lot, that they had the magic um, to move stones via whistles, like they would whistle, and uh, they were able to uh, levitate, you know, stones into place, and um, that's, you know, that's how they moved large rocks and everything like that. So in uh, reading and doing that particular research on it, I can see how that any rocks in that area, any land mass, um, stone or any of that stuff would have, um, you know, that, that energy, um, from Mm -hmm. all those, you know, uh, decades ago and, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, um, that, uh, you know, it would still be in those stones and that would be a part of, you know, that area and, and land, And I can see how, you know, a a spirit or something you take from that area could manifest just off of that energy alone, you know, because like you said, it is their property. So that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. And the stones that they build the pyramids with, there's, there, it's kind of a known thing that there are certain materials and certain kinds of stones that can absorb 
I don't know how to explain it, but they absorb the energy. So like you said, it's been thousands of years of history. There's been good, there's been bad. And these so, these stones have been sitting there the whole time just absorbing it Yeah, like a sponge for so many years. So I wonder if even if the intention was good or bad of her taking the stone, I wonder if it's just that that stone just didn't belong with her. It didn't belong where she took it. It belonged where it came from and it was you know, just showing itself. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I think she was saying that she was from Canada, but um, she didn't even get a chance to take it back because I believe that happened in the at her hotel. Yeah, at the resort. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Well, she it reminds it me also of the Bell Witch Cave. I mm-hmm. don't know if you guys have heard about the Bell Witch Cave in Tennessee, where um, it was, a, it's a supposed haunted cave by a witch, the Bell Witch, um, and people have taken stones from there and have had horrible things happen to them and they have mailed those those rocks uh, back yeah. to the the uh what are they called the the rangers or mm-hmm. the the owners of the attraction of the bell witch cave yeah that, that yeah. happens with with hawaii also so did you mm-hmm. ever um mm-hmm. get those seashells off of hawaii or did you what did you do did you put them back I took that as a sign as that was the sacrifice that I had to give up for taking the seashells. Okay. So you exchanged flashing Hawaii. (laughs) So you kept them. (laughs) Okay, that's a good that's a fair. Fair trade. All right. That's good. That's good to know. I would rather flash Hawaii than die in a horrible shark attack or something. Oh, exactly. Or just being drowned. I mean, because those currents are, are crazy. Right. So yeah, that's that's very true. It's a small sacrifice to make. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I really wanted those seashells. Yeah, I can imagine. And you know what's so funny though? I would have done the same thing. I wouldn't have even thought because I'm thinking when I think seashells, I'm thinking they're going across the ocean. They came from different places. I'm not thinking mm-hmm. that they're indigenous to that particular landmass. I'm thinking that over time they've, you know, traveled, you know, to wherever, you know, you know, to seashells. I'm not, you know, if it's a stone or if it's something that's I have to pick up and take away, that to me that's different. But hey, I'm not even messing with starfishes then. So <laughs> so yeah, yeah, for sure. I was in Hawaii last um December and I didn't know this rule. I didn't know that you're not supposed to take oh, things. So no I was taking rocks and seashells and stuff the whole time, but I didn't take them off the island. I, you know, I would take them and put them in my pocket and then at the Airbnb, I would take it out. And so I wonder if that just doesn't count. Are you sure none of those but, never made it to the mainlands? I'm pretty sure. And, you know, as far them. as I know, nothing bad has happened yet. So to you. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, yeah, you always have me, crazy stuff it's... going on. And technology is not your friend. So I don't know. We I mean, that's to... true. Bad things happen to me all the time. So maybe I just we'll, didn't we'll put to, two and two together. We'll have to, yeah, we'll have to think <laughs> just, about that. Just tell Pele thank you. And there you go. Um, you know, with respect, um, I I hope that we're okay now. <laughs> I can right. Continue my life in peace. And my intentions are always good. When there you I, go. there you, that's go. All, you know, I love nature. Good. I don't mean, no disrespect. So, <laughs> so, um, so Erica, so those are the stories that you have for tonight. Any, any others? Um, just before Actually, I want to get into your new digs and all that stuff, but uh, yeah, no, I have one more. Okay. I have one more that awesome. my mom used to tell us when we were kids. So my mom is a child of 12 originally Two well, died. Yeah. Mm. A lot of kids. <laughs> 
my grandmother had 12 kids. Two of them died in El Salvador, you know, from mm -hmm. natural causes. Oh, wow. um, but it was 10 of them. I'm sorry, eight, eight, more than two died. Um, so it was eight kids, four girls, four boys, and they were all in their mid teens around the same age. You know, in these smaller countries, they just tend to have one after the other after mm -hmm. the other. Yeah. There's not much of an age gap there. Um, but they were traveling from one town to another. And this was late at night. And they were in a camioneta, which means a truck, you know, a, a basic, you know, Toyota truck, let's say, um, one of those basic trucks that you see nowadays. And the boys were, of course, out on the bed of the truck. And the girls were, most of the girls were sitting inside of the vehicle. And they were traveling from one town to the next. They passed the lava fields, what they call the lava fields, where a volcano has erupted and all of the land has pretty much been um, re remodeled, remade into just lava. It has eaten up all the trees. There's no lights. There's no one living there. It's an abandoned area. As they were traveling through these lava fields, the only light was from the headlights of the truck. And my mom tells the story. She was sitting out in the bed of the truck at the time. They approached, they started to approach an object on the road. Mind you, this is not a highway. This is not like when you jump in your car and you go on the, the freeway where it's lit and there's actual, you know, signage everywhere or anything on the road telling you what lane you need to be in. This was a very primitive road that they were traveling on. Mm -hmm. As they were traveling, they saw this object on the road and everyone started asking themselves, what is that? What is that? What's going on? And the truck started to slow down. So of course, the people in the bed of the truck were trying to figure out, okay, what's going on? We're slowing down. We're in the middle of the lava fields. And it was my grandfather, my grandmother, and the eldest um, that were inside of the truck. As they started to get closer and closer to this dark object on the road, they started to slow down and slow down. And the, it turned into a calf, a baby cow. But they were like, okay, it's, it's a baby cow. Let's keep driving. And as they continued driving and getting closer and closer, it then shift it into it shape-shifted into something else it shape-shifted into just this black mass wow and they slow down even more and the, you know it's dark at night you're tired you're driving this desolate road um you're trying to refocus your mind as to what you're seeing and as they kept getting closer and closer this black mass just kind of started to grow in size and it grew and grew and they couldn't figure out in their in their you know normal mind what was going on yeah, so exactly. they came they came to a halt they stopped the vehicle and they started to look up and up and you know their their head started to raise more and more as this thing was just kind of hovering over them it had no lights it had no discernible features it was just a black mass what my mom today calls um, 
she gives it a name like the shadow of darkness or something of the sort in, in Spanish. La sombra de la noche, which is the shadow of the night. And it started to loom and kind of take over their truck. And as it started to do that, everyone started to pray. The kids in the back started to cry. Everyone was petrified and filled with fear. They were trying to figure out what was going on. All they knew is that they were in the middle of these fields where no one can help them. No one can hear them scream. No one can come to their aid. And Mm -hmm. this thing was just looming over them. So my grandfather said, step on it. And my, my tia, which is the eldest daughter, was the one who was driving. She was frozen in fear. My grandmother yeah. was crying and she was praying and she was, you know, doing all sorts of prayers to las tres divinas personas and just, you know, doing all sorts of, you know, movements with her hands and signalizing the, the cross. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather told her, step on it. So she finally put her foot pedal or her foot on the pedal of the gas and stepped on it and just kept driving. And it just, it like sort of disappeared, but they will all, all eight people, oops, sorry, 10 people will tell you the story to this day Mm -hmm. that what they saw is unknown. It strikes fear. You can hear the fear whenever they retell the story over and over and over. And I love hearing it from everyone's perspectives, but yeah, it's, it's a spooky, it's a spooky place to be in. You know, El Salvador regrettably is plagued by war, um, violence, mm-hmm. um, and of course by elementals. So it, it's, I loved hearing those stories when I was growing up as a kid. The location of where it happened is interesting that it was in a place where a volcanic eruption happened. And those those rocks are supposed to be, you know, porous and full of just energy. So did, that is did the creepy. volcano take over any town or take any lives in that process of you know that happening or it was just forestry that it was actually um had taken over destroying it was just forestry just at forestry. that time yeah because mm-hmm. any i did it have any idea what it could have been or what the entity they was? don't know oh, wow. some of the some of my uncles and aunts don't don't even like talking about it i mean they don't like wow. going back to that time. Mm-hmm. But what they do know is that one, it was not nature. It was not normal. It was not something of this earth. Number two, they have no idea what it was. But as they started to pray, this thing kind of started to dissipate. And that's when it kind of jolted them to to take off in the truck and to, to you know, step on it. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. That's That's an incredible story. For sure. All right, let's take another break. And then when we come back, uh, we're going to get into uh, some of Erica's, uh, maybe some haunting tales of our own. So, <laughs> Ooh, yes. <laughs> exactly. We'll be back. Attention, podcasters. Are you ready to unlock the full potential of your audio recordings? Look no further than GIK Acoustics, now proudly affiliated with Strange Darkness Radio. Introducing the ultimate solution for impeccable sound quality on your podcast or studio, brought to you by GIK Acoustics in partnership with Strange Darkness Radio. Say goodbye to unwanted background noise and hello to a professional audio experience. With GIK Acoustics, you can ensure that every word you speak resonates with clarity and power. 
Their expertly designed sound panels, bass traps, and diffusers are meticulously crafted to create an acoustic environment that captivates your audience like never before. Visit our affiliate link on our Facebook fan page or find it in our show notes to access this exclusive collaboration. By harnessing the power of GIK Acoustics in partnership with Strange Darkness Radio, you can unlock a world of acoustic excellence for your podcast. GIK Acoustics in partnership with Strange Darkness Radio. Embrace the darkness and let your voice shine. Now let's get back to Strange Darkness Radio. All right. Hey, Erica. So um, regale us with uh, your <laughs> spooky <laughs> tales because I hear uh, you have some interesting uh, stories or stories. I have, um, yeah, I have a couple. I have a personal story and then I have another personal story from my dad's perspective. Okay. Which one Which one do you want first? Uh, your choice. So we'll go to my dad's my dad's story spooky story so my dad is a very um what do you call those people who are very like scientific in mind he's very like down to earth and very just a skeptic kind of very much a skeptic (laughs) that's cold-blooded he's just logical (laughs) he's thinking he's thinking he's being logical about you know yes how something works or what's what it is so my parents bless their hearts. They're still they're in their sixties and seventies, and they're still working. Okay, that's good. and they currently work at a hospital, and they work the second shift. And they just started this job, so they're super excited that you know they they have this wonderful job that keeps them you know a roof over their head and food on the table. But they have the job of cleaning up the patient rooms after the patient has been um, released from the hospital. So my dad was telling me the story about room 10. And he said, Erica, I never believed in ghosts until I cleaned room 10. And so of course, I'm like, oh, getting ready, just grab my popcorn. And I'm like, tell me dad, tell me what happened, what happened. And he's telling me that one night, he went in and they asked him, they discharged, you know, a patient from room 10 and they asked him to go clean that room. And it's a basic cleaning. It's not like blood and gore or any yeah. of that or where someone has died. It's just someone was there. Either they may, there's some rooms where they may have died, but they may have died like of a natural death. And my parents come in afterwards and clean out the garbage and replace the sheets and, you know, do all that stuff. Yeah. He was cleaning out this garbage can and he describes it as an older garbage can that kind of made this really loud clanking noise. Um, So as he pulled the plastic bag out of the can, the can kind of dropped and it made this loud noise. And out of, from around the corner, he hears, are you my nurse? He hears like this older, older kind of, um, elderly female voice yeah. come out from around the corner and he says oh I'm in his broken English bless his heart he says no ma'am um, I'm here to clean the room let me get you a nurse I'm not your nurse let me let me get a nurse for you and he puts the bag into the garbage can because he's trying to finish up what he's doing you know his job mm-hmm. 
and he hears again, are you my nurse? Ooh, creepy. And he's like, no, ma'am. Uh, let me get a nurse. So he finishes up what he was doing really quick with the garbage can and he steps out because she, number one, she's a female. He doesn't know what state that she's in, if she's, you know, naked or needs help or yeah. mm -hmm. whatever the situation may be. So he respectfully steps out of the room. He goes straight to the nurse's station and he says, there's a patient still in room 10 um, and she's asking for help. The nurse quickly grabs the folders and is like, no, that, that room is empty. It's been discharged. And he says, no, I promise you there's, there's a woman in room 10 that needs help. And mm -hmm. so they walk back together to room 10 and sure enough, the room was empty. Oh, wow. So was there a oh, divider? Crazy. You know how they have those dividers between beds. There's two beds in a room. Was the divider open or closed or was it totally, you know, you know, like how did, how did he, why did he think there was someone else in the room? Like without, other than hearing the voice. Because he heard her voice. No, no, no. <laughs> if I'm standing in an open room and I hear a voice come out of, I might think they're either in the bathroom or in the hall. I'm, I'm, right, I'm it could not going to say room. in the right. room. It, so. it was it was coming from the direction of the bathroom and it, it was a one person room. Okay. Um, the way that this hospital is set up. There's some rooms where they're the bigger rooms, like you're describing, where it's that divider in the middle. Yeah. But this was a one person room where it's just, and I'm thinking because maybe she's a female, elderly female, or whatever it was that was going on, uh -huh. she had this particular room, but it was coming from the direction of the bathroom. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, that's. Did they. Go ahead, Carolyn. Sorry. No, you Did go they. Ahead. Did he figure out if the patient, if there had been a patient in there that had died recently or was it, I mean, what did he think the explanation was? Because no, why did he jump straight to ghosts if he was a skeptic? I mean. No, well, he went to ghosts because when they went to the room, no one was in there. Well, so, I know, but so. what if it was, I know, but what if it was just one like elderly patient that was wandering and went in the wrong room or something, no. you know, like there could be another no, Ex no, I don't no, doubt no, it, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna say, um, when he was in the room, like, like uh, Erica was saying that he assumed she was in the bathroom. So, yeah. um, so yeah, and so once he actually found out there was no one in the room, that's he's gonna jump to ghosts because there was literally nobody in the out. room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Opposed to they it coming, seen someone. Yeah, exactly. Because one thing about you know, because I'm in hospitals all the time, um. Yeah, when you're in a room, you you don't really hear unless the person is screaming. Um, mm -hmm. You don't hear a lot of the other patients that are in other rooms. Um, so, That's true. Uh, so, so, yeah. and, and again, being that he works in, in the hospital, he, I'm pretty sure, d differentiate between hearing a voice that's in your current location and opposed to somebody asking for help. You know, in another because there there are times even people will come, loved ones will come into the hall, and if the nurse is not answering the call button, they'll say, "Hey, we need help." You know, like, can somebody come into the room because you know X, Y, and Z needs help. And uh, so, so yeah, that's that's interesting because it, it's so intriguing to me because um, a lot of people say, "Well, you know." Um, ghosts wouldn't stay at hospitals. Like, you know, you, you want to break out, you right. want to get out and everything. <laughs> but the whole For thing about one. them being confused and mm -hmm. you don't realize what's happening to you as far as whether or not you went to sleep and you woke up, but you're not in your body. You know what I mean? So, right. you, you know, there are you know times. Going on. Yeah, there are things that I hear that 
Um, when that happens, they actually, um, a lot of nurses will do this trick. And especially if you see this happen, you know that nurse knows something. If it's possible to open the window, because sometimes you can crack the window and it'll open. And they'll do that to let the spirits out. Because the, mm. they feel mm-hmm. the spirit is trapped in the actual hospital and can't get out. Wow. The, you know, which you would say, yeah. well, why can't, a ho- why can't the spirit just float through the walls? But for whatever reason... You know, um, because again, if it's still a mindset of like, I'm real, I'm I not have a, body. a ghost. Yeah, I'm not, right. you know, and for some reason it just, you know, you, I, I know a, a couple of nurses that talk about that they actually do that maneuver to where if it's um, a way they can open up something, they will open it up. Whether they, not they leave the doors open, whether or not they crack a window to let a spirit out. So that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. You got to remember that my dad is a skeptic dick yeah right like he he would have come up with any other he would have been looking for maybe a lost patient but this room just happened to be adjacent to the nurse's station so of course the nurses would have seen them and he came home and straight up told me i never believed in ghosts until now (laughs) until that happened to me and i was just like yeah it's it's a real thing dad it's a real thing I've seen so many videos like on YouTube and stuff where it'll be like a security camera footage of a hospital and there's some, you know, security guard or or nurse yeah. or whoever and they're sitting there talking to nobody and then their friends will kind of get on the walkie-talkie and be like, "Hey, what are you doing? Who are you talking to?" because they'll be watching them on the camera and they're like, "Oh, this patient needs help or they're they're asking me a question whatever." And then they're like, "Dude, there's no one there. You're not talking to anyone." And then they freak out or or they'll just think that they're being pranked or something, but Yes. Wandering spirits in hospitals is a thing. Yeah, it's, it's it's a thing. <laughs> Trust me. I've seen a couple. So, yeah, wow. it's definitely a thing. But uh, what about your story, Erica, your personal story? So my personal story. So I'm 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 going in. I'm in transition at the moment. I am getting a divorce um, and then Sorry I also got out of a relationship recently so i moved back in all good things all good things but yeah Yeah. (laughs) uh i recently moved back in with my parents okay and this is a home that no one has lived in before it's what they call here in arizona a new build oh okay um the land was absolutely vacant before we moved in and we're the first dwellers of this, you know, beautiful structure that we currently live in. Nice. As I've lived here before, you know, in my 20s, when we first acquired this house, I actually bought the house with them. And my son had a hard time sleeping in the house. Mind you, he was five, six years old, somewhere around there, Um, probably about a good 12 years ago or so. He was having a hard time sleeping in the room, mm-hmm. in his bedroom. And he would say that he would see a little girl at the top of the stairs. Of course, I, at the time, was not very open. My third eye was very much shut. I was not open to any ghost stories or anything that had to do with the paranormal or spirituality. I was very much under a lot of stress raising him by myself, going to school full time, being a full-time mom working full-time so my thoughts were not on he's seeing a little girl in the top of the stairs (laughs) exactly my my thoughts were how can i get this kid to go to sleep so i can get a little shut eye yeah (laughs) so i ended up buying him several sets 
of different beds, believe it or not. One was a twin bed. There was another one that was shaped like a car. Um, there were shapes of pencils. I ended up buying him all these different beds so that he would sleep in his room and he refused. Well, fast forward now to me being in my 40s and Eric is very much in his 20s. And I moved in here probably about a month ago. We had heard previously walking in the upstairs portion of the room of the house, excuse me. Um, we had heard footsteps before when I had come to visit throughout the years, but we always took it as the house is settling. You know, I, of course, saged and cleansed the house several times now yeah. that I'm my third mm -hmm. eye is open and I'm very much a spiritual person. And I open the window or I open a door when I sage because you want to let the spirits out. Yeah. So. Recently, most recently, I was taking a shower and I'm completely alone. Like I had stated earlier, my parents work second shift, so they're not here. My son works late at night, so he's not here. And it's pretty much just me. And I was taking a shower and I could hear, you know, someone jiggling the, the lock to the handle of the bathroom door. And, you know, mm. the shower's loud. It's, yeah. it's not quiet. It's like this huge rush of water, but I could hear. And I'm like, what in God's name is that? And so I kind of turn off the water and I could see the door kind of, there's a movement there. But I'm just, you know, my mind is like, oh my God, I'm being robbed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not thinking, oh my God, it's a ghost. Yeah. So that first that first time I just I just took it as, okay, this is crazy. I'm being robbed. My my mind, my life is flashing through my mind right now. Um <laughs> I quickly get dried and uh, get prepared. You know, I grab like a brush or something to defend myself with and I open <laughs> up the door really quick and I kind of like ha ah, kind of jump out yeah. expecting to see, you know, a mask murderer. And there was nobody there. And I searched the entire house. And that's even scarier. And everything was locked up? <laughs> everything everything was locked? Everything was locked. Um, thankfully, we live in a neighborhood where, you know, that kind of stuff doesn't really happen. But mm -hmm. you just never know. Yeah. But everything was locked. Nobody was home. So I immediately text my brother. And why my brother? Because he lived here prior to me, he had broken up with his longtime girlfriend. Mm -hmm. This is kind of like our transition home. You know, you, you, <laughs> you break up and you yeah. come to stay with mom and dad and then you get into a relationship, you leave and then you break up and you come back. <laughs> it's kind of like that type of home. Yeah. So he had just left his girlfriend and he was living here for about a year prior to me. And he has some interesting ghost stories to tell. Mm. Um, but I text him, I said, Rick, I said, have you been to the house? Were you just here? Because he's the only person that I could think of that would jiggle a lock so violently. Yeah, or have a, a key <laughs> to get in because he probably has a key, right? Right. And he would do it as a prank. Like, yeah. hey, you're in the shower. Get out, get out, get out. Mm. Something funny. <laughs> so I'm like, Rick, were you just here? Like, were you just at the house? And he's like, no. And I'm like, I was about to tell him, please come over. Or like, come keep me company because I was petrified yeah and i'm not one to get petrified i love the paranormal i respect the paranormal um 
but yeah, he was, he was not here. It was just me and the ghost. Yeah. That is freaky. <laughs> Um, because that's so what, you're, you're like extremely vulnerable in that particular situation. And oh, so, true. yeah, all the things that are going through your mind, it's like, you know, you're talking about grabbing a breast. Do I grab a towel, grab a breast? Do I, you know, like what, <laughs> you know, it, you know, so, so yeah, that, that, that's incredible. Yeah. I would have told, I would have screamed. That's my, not, not, no, for all the guys, I would not have screamed Bobby. like a scream. I would be like, Hey, you know, masculine so come on. Scream. Yeah, exactly. But a masculine, but I would have been like, Hey, you know, like. Like, oh, you don't, you know, <laughs> don't, don't come in here. Get out of here, ghost. Exactly. Well, no, I've, like she said, I, I would have thought it was a person initially. Yeah. I wouldn't have even probably thought about a ghost at the time. I would have I thought it was a person, you know, trying to come in. And, right. um, you know, because you're, you're in a case in the house and you're like, oh, we hear the shower. And so you're by the door, you're listening. And then that's when you go for the, you know, to jiggle the lock to come in. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's, you know, so that's what would, would have freaked me out. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, so that's crazy. That's crazy. It happened to me twice, actually. Ooh. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on with this entity because the second time that it happened to me, I was also in the restroom. And again, I was alone. Mm-hmm. You could, I promise you, you could hear someone walking back and forth, shuffling something like as if they're holding like bags of something in their think of when you walk in and you're holding groceries Mm -hmm. and you're carrying your plastic bags with all these groceries and you're trying to not make that second trip so you have tons of grocery bags in your hands (laughs) think of that walking and the floors are wooden the floors are wooden so they retain you know the heat and the cold they expand and contract as it gets colder or warmer in the house that's where my mind goes to is what reasonable explanation can I think of? But I promise you, I promise you that I was in that restroom and I could hear people walking and I could hear them shuffling. And I quickly got dressed and was trying to figure out, okay, someone's home. And I went out again and there was nobody here. It's almost like it likes to catch you when you're most vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, or it seems like this ghost likes you for some reason. That's what I was going to ask. You. Yeah, is there any type of Mayan um, entity <laughs> that uh, when a woman's in their, <laughs> you know, whether you're nude or a particular state, that that it tries, you know, to do something? Mess with you. Yeah, because I, there, I I, I've heard I've heard a lot in listening in uh you know researching this whatever but it's more god orientated as far as um um different not lustful spirits they're all kind of different things um because it's it's very very intricate um but but i did hear something like that but i i just can't put my finger on it right now but uh but that's interesting just i was gonna ask if your son remembers because you said that he used to be scared of something does he remember from back then or did he ever talk about like a ghost or seeing someone in the house or anything or was he just normal kid scared of the dark kind of stuff I think he equated it to um, just growing up and just being scared of the dark. And mm. I don't like to push him too much because I don't want to scare him. Traumatize him. Here. Right. <laughs> like I can handle it. So the funny thing about this entity is you're living here and you don't see things move. You don't. Well, I haven't seen anything move. You don't feel like someone's watching you. You don't get, you know, that creepy feeling where 
the hairs on your arms stand up. Yeah. It just randomly happens out, out of, of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Has it happened to anybody else in the house besides your brother? Yeah. My brother, it's happened to my son. He's oh, like, okay. Mom, I could hear like things being moved upstairs. You go upstairs and you notice nothing's moved. But that's the furthest he'll take it. And I'll just be like, okay, we'll tell them, you know, be quiet, ghost. So, you know, I, I try to talk to him. Even though he's in his 20s still, I yeah. try to not instill fear in him. Exactly. Um, mm -hmm. Because it feeds off of fear. Definitely. My brother has some serious, serious ghost stories to tell. My parents, they refuse to believe. Yeah. Yeah. They're in denial. They've heard it. They've Your dad might be it. coming it around. Was... Your dad might be coming around. <laughs> My dad definitely is going to start coming around because there was one time really quickly he had knee surgery. Mm -hmm. He couldn't walk after the surgery. So it's a, it's a two level, it's a two story house. So we helped him up the stairs into the master bedroom. And of course, they give you what? Pain pills. Yeah. So those make you go to sleep. So it was me, my mom and my dad. I was there to translate for my parents what the doctor and the nurses were telling them. So I came and I stayed with them for a couple of days to make sure he was okay. Me and my mom were downstairs. My dad was upstairs completely asleep and just out of it. You could hear someone walking. Oh, wow. And I said to my mom in Spanish, like, why is Papi walking? He should be in bed. Yeah. Like, what is he doing? So I, you know, pretty much bolted upstairs. He was dead asleep. Wow. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot. I mean, that's something. Yeah, something. Something's in there. But it, it is <laughs> funny how you. Um, don't feel it. You know what I mean? Like um, to where, I don't know, maybe it's a portal situation or um, where it's yeah. making itself it's coming in not and aware. Out. Yeah. Like, cause it's, mm. it's like, it's going in and out, you know, mm. that's interesting. So I will say this, I will say this. My brother was dabbling into um, drugs and alcohol. Okay. I strongly believe that he opened a portal and, that portal, there's a lot of mirrors in the house as well. Yeah. So I've gone mm -hmm. in and closed the portals in the mirrors. Um, but I still believe there's an open portal somewhere. I'm just not strong enough, regrettably. I don't have that that dawn, that gift mm -hmm. to be able to notice where exactly the portal is. But yes, I think it's exactly that. I think it is a portal. Yeah. That's interesting that you <laughs> I know it's your parents home now that you didn't just pull all those mirrors down because yeah i'm not a big <laughs> mirror person because i do believe in you know entities jumping in front you know mirror to mirror and especially if you have old mirrors you know yeah. Um, don't yeah people don't ever buy mirrors at garage sales because you never or know stores exactly <laughs> yeah you never <laughs> You never know what's lurking in those mirrors. Yeah, there's something about mirrors at night that's just creepy. I don't know why. Yeah. And, well, I guess uh, I do know why. And here's another uh, thing, too. Never have two mirrors facing each other. Never. Oh, never. And true. And I currently do right now. <laughs> I was checking my room to make sure I don't have any. <laughs> oh, man. Erica, you got to move those. Exactly. <laughs> well, the problem is, and I'll send you guys a picture. The problem is that the the bureau the drawers where you put your clothes oh they're all they're mirrored yeah and mm -hmm. then the, the nightstand is has little mirrors on it so they're facing each other oh mm -hmm. and that was the first thing i did i'm actually about to light my palo santo because i'm getting <laughs> creeped out i'm getting <laughs> creeped out 
Oh man. <laughs> well, um, hopefully, you know, it's you can turn it around. Have you ever did the thing to where you like just leave me alone, go away, don't you know, like you know, s- stop? Have you ever did that, Erica, to tell the the entity to stop or leave you alone? Oh, this is going to be terrible, yeah. guys, but I, I have it because I kind of enjoy it. Oh, <laughs> dang. I'm a paranormal freak. Hey, it's his house, too. He can be there. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they always say, though, um, you know, if the spirit's not bothering you and it has its own place and time and, uh, you know. Right. If it's not malicious. Yeah. And here, here's the thing. Out. Let me ask you this weird question, Erica. When you're in the bathroom. Oh, or someone else is in the bathroom. Have you ever jiggled the lock? I mean, jiggled the door handle and told your son to hurry up? Has that ever happened? No. Okay. Because they say in, in uh, different realms like that bleed over that let's say Erica one time, you know, was telling her oh. son to hurry up. You're, you know, you're, you know, can you come out? I got to go, whatever. I, you know, you know, and she's jiggling the lock. And then on the flip side, she's seeing it in her realm. In this reality. Yeah, in this reality. That's and, and it's bleeding through. It's bleeding over. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, things like that are, are, to me are possible. And uh, sometimes it's the very mm-hmm. ghost that, you know, that happens to you that, you know, end up happening. Like, let me give you guys this one story real quick. There was this kid who, um, he was like five years old. He ran into the living room area and right next to is the kitchen. He sees a, a, a hooded figure. And when he sees a hooded figure, he darts back and jumps into, you know, his bed and covers a blanket, you know, in his room. Right. And um, so fast forward. Now the kid is 16. He's in uh, he's up at night gaming. He goes and makes himself a sandwich in the kitchen. And then he sees a, a little kid entity come into the into the kitchen area and then dart off and run away so was it a time slip was he seeing him himself you know at i've the, heard i've heard of things like that like yeah. i heard a story um have you heard of the sally house bobby it's like a famous yeah. haunted house i haven't yeah, I, of course erica has and you haven't <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a house that's Really famous for being haunted. People go do ghost investi- investigations there. And um, what happened uh, just was real this quick. little girl. Sorry, just real quick. Uh, uh-huh. Just for the viewers, Erica is saging her house as we're talking. <laughs> just FYI. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, so this little girl died. She had, um, I can't remember. I think her appendix burst or something. And it this was like, you know, late 1800s. So mm-hmm. They call the doctor and the doctor's doing his best, but really he's just kind of torturing her more and she's just died this horrific, horrible, painful death. And so ever since then, this house has been haunted. And one guy, um, a ghost investigator that went to the house reported that, or maybe he wasn't even a ghost investigator. He might've just been a tourist, but he said that he went to the house and he wasn't even looking for anything. And then through these kind of glass doors, like leading to this, you know, parlor, uh, he could see a little girl and she was wearing like an old, you know, old dress like from that time. And he said that she, he was looking at her and she was looking at him. And he said that the look on her face was like she was seeing a ghost. Oh. Like she was scared. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I was like, I wonder if there was some kind of a time slip there and they were yeah. really seeing each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, those things, those things are possible because. Totally possible. Yeah. 
because, uh, you know, as I asked Erica, has, you know, she ever jiggled the handle? Let's say it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> you know, you right. know what I mean? You know, yeah. in, in, in the in the process. So, mm. so or someone jiggling the handle on her, like her son or her brother yeah. or whoever, like in the future or the or yeah, totally. Yeah. So it's so it's interesting. Um, but uh, so how's that staging going? <laughs> Do you feel safe? Very well. I feel I feel better. Feel better. What do do you use? um, (laughs) What particular sage do you use? So um, I actually use Palo Santo, and I'll use um, Florida water. I don't know if you guys have heard of Florida water. No. I'll I'll use. Oh wow! You've never heard of? Okay, it's a spiritual tool. Um, It's it's a cologne but it's used in spiritual practices. I make my huh. own Florida water. Um, I will ship you guys some if, if anything. Yes, yes, because I would love that. It, it is just such a powerful deterrent um, and space cleanser. So I'll use Florida water around the house. I'll use bells. I will clap. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to sage too much because of, you know, it's it's a the area that I live in in Phoenix, Arizona. It's it's Diné. You know, it's it's Navajo mainly. Um, mm. There's other tribes out here, but you have to have respect for their culture and and what you know they do as their spiritual practices, which is using sage. So I try mm. to leave that saging more on situations where I really feel like it needs it. Yeah. Um, and I try to just hold that respect for my Diné brothers and sisters out there, mm-hmm. especially now that Sage is being um, not really ethically sourced. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's so there's other other ways to cleanse other than Sage. So I'll use um, rosemary or cinnamon. Um, there's different different methods that I'll use for oh, wow. for cleansing. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's uh, like I said. All those techniques are um, really awesome to use. Uh, uh, give your uh, socials if you want to, Erica. As far as um, do you do any services at all? I do. I have put it up, but not very. I don't get very many hits because my account is on private. Oh, okay. Um, but I do offer house cleansings when it comes to something like paranormal. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely step in, but if it's something demonic or something where it's way out of my scope of being able to assist with, yeah. then, you know, I'll, I'll respectfully step out yeah. of that type of situation. But just to do a home blessing, home cleansing, I'm your girl. Oh, cool, cool. Um, okay. you, can you give that? And, and Carolyn will um, graciously um, put that information in descriptions as far as your yes. uh, Instagram and whatever else mm-hmm. uh, sites that you have. But uh, but what 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 are the sites? Can you say them, please? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can mainly find me on Instagram as Eve S B K, all one word, Eve's B K, um, on Instagram. Yes, and we're always you can you can catch Erica on our storyline and also in our um, I forget it's uh, <laughs> not the one with the story, but the one that that's always there um, when she first uh, came on the show. So you can, uh, her information is there also. But again, Carolyn, will put that in uh, show descriptions and all that good stuff. So any um, final words for Erica, um, Carolyn? 
Um, no, just thank you so much for being on the show. It was really interesting. Um, yeah, thank you. And you're you're such a great uh, interviewee. I mean, we'd love yes, to have you again. Our just really Mayan folklore uh, <laughs> priestess is what she is. Really we've, interesting. We've learned so much about can her. I, Go ahead. Can I just say before we, we cut, I yes. want to thank both of you for being open. Um, and I've listened to so many podcasts, paranormal podcasts out there. And it's very hard to find a podcast that will feature, you know, Latin American stories like you have here a couple of times. And I really, really appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. Oh, no, you're Aww. welcome. And uh, you're always, um, you know, if I can have you all the time, I would, um, you know, welcome to come on the show and also just talk about, you know, the culture, because that's the biggest thing, because in actually doing my research, there's not a lot, of, lot out there that are podcast related uh, English speaking, I'm going to say, because uh, she did hit me up on some that are. And actually, Erica, talk about that <laughs> podcast that you were telling me about earlier, just to uh, let people know to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. If you um, want to learn Spanish or are a little familiar in Spanish, you can certainly check out the podcast called Extra. So Extra A Normal, Anormal. Um, and you can find them on whatever medium you use for listening to podcasts. Okay. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And you can actually say that in full uh, Spanish. Am I saying, am I using that right? <laughs> Just so that um, anybody comes across this information who does not speak English or speaks broken English and listening to this, you can, you know, let them know. Um you know, in Spanish to check uh, out that particular podcast. Es el podcast extra anormal. There you go. There you go. Um, so, yeah, like I said, hopefully we can have you back on for some more creepy tales. We um, should definitely have you back to talk about the uh, Mayan and Aztec gods because that would be interesting. I think oh, people yes. would love that. I want or, or any absolutely. other history. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, exactly. And just to even update on your situation, uh, just to see if uh, you get it figured out or and again, it's not like you like you said before, you're not trying to get rid of it. But let's see if Erica ends up having a conversation with a spirit that's in her home. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Mm. Exactly. More to come. Yes. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. That's it for tonight on Strange Darkness Radio. Again, I want to thank Erica for joining us um, and uh, our uh, host, uh, Carolyn, who's always fun and all of this <laughs> stuff. We got to get more creepier. I, I, I lighten up the mood too much on the show. We got to get more, you know, darker and scarier. We um, have some creepy topics coming up in future episodes, so okay. we'll get back into our yeah, can, creepy ways. Can we cracking jokes? All right. Well, thank you, guys. <laughs> we'll see you. Thank you. Thanks. Ethel, do you know where you are? My body. You have passed over. You died. Everything, everything, my body, they took it. It's all What an excellent day for an exorcism.